action in our bodies influence how we think, you know, even just how you walk. It's such a difference if you're kind of like slumped over, then if you're like sitting up nice and tall, you feel something different. Even if you smile with your lips and you're not even feeling happy, you're, if you hold that smile, it might feel ridiculous, but it's going to start to send a message to your body, even just a subtle one. And so imagine moving your body, getting all of these experiences of this opening. And then also, like I said, planting that seed, that thought, that very specific thought affirmation is really powerful. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 303 with guest Aaron Stutland. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. How are you? Fall is officially here. Uh, If you know me, you know how much I love the change in seasons. The novelty hasn't worn off for this San Diego girl. I absolutely love it when it starts to get a little bit cold, the leaves start falling, even though it's a gigantic mess in our yard. But I love Seasons Changing. I hope that you are well over there, wherever you are listening from, whether you are working out, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're folding laundry, maybe you're supposed to be working and you're not. Whatever it is that you're doing, I am so glad that you are here. You know what we're in the process of right now over here at the Owen household? Don't want to jinx it, but we are... No, I'm not pregnant. But kind of because we are trying to get another dog. If you don't watch my Instagram stories, then you might not know. We have our beloved German short hair pointer for all of you who private message me and say, what kind of dog is that? I've never seen that breed before. Sometimes they look like Dalmatians. Sometimes they look like chocolate labs, depending on how they came out. But German short hair pointers are typically hunting dogs. We don't hunt. And the thing is with breeders around here, which we really would rather rescue, but uh, breeders won't sell to people who don't actively hunt. They consider it kind of mean to the breed. Maybe not kind of. They they literally think it's mean to not actively hunt with their dog. They're, um, they're bird dogs. And at any rate, she still – we rescued her when we lived in Utah. She was about four years old when we got her. Her name's Giselle, if I haven't already said that. And she is about 10 or 11 now, and we would like another dog. We're not totally set on having a puppy. I've never had a puppy before, and I kind of want another baby. So – I feel like this is, you know, consolation prize of sorts. <laughs> My husband's like, you have no idea what you'd be in for. But at any rate, the reason I bring it up is because when we lived in Utah, there was a lot of German short hair pointers at this one particular rescue. Shout out to Marilyn at Utah's Perfect Pointers. If you are wanting to rescue a German short hair pointer and you live in the state of Utah, reach out to Marilyn. She's amazing. She'll find the perfect GSP for you. But out here, there's not as many, and they get adopted very quickly, we're finding out. So I feel like it's like you have to be on top of it, and your application has to be spectacular. I feel like we're applying for 
like these ridiculous private schools for my children or something. Like, I, I don't know what's going on, but we're having a really hard time getting a dog. So it's just been this sort of heartbreaking thing. Like we see one on their website within a day that they put it up for adoption and we reach out to the foster parent and they're like, okay, thanks. We've gotten so many applications for this dog. I'm like, really? What is going on? <laughs> so alas, we might reach out to another rescue and and get a different breed or something like that. But we really do like this breed. My husband grew up with them and they really are great family dogs if you are in the market for one. But also going on over here, I have some exciting news because you all might know my best friend in the world, Amy Smith. You might have purchased the master's course, which was our joint business that we had started in 2012 that we since retired. That was that digital program was on sale over the weekend. And we're starting something new. We've been talking about it for months. Release date is January, the first part of the new year. We are starting a new podcast together. Don't worry. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast is not going anywhere. We're starting a new podcast, and I'll just tell you the name of it because I'm going to send you over to the website for a, for a good reason. It's called Not Another Self-Help Podcast. Ta-da! Applause, applause, applause. She and I, and it's just going to be the two of us, we're going to do a few things on this podcast. The biggest thing that we want to do on this podcast is have a lot of fun. We are wanting to... Mary, personal development and humor as best we can. And it is something that we incorporate on our respective shows. She has a podcast called The Joy Junkie Show that she hosts with her husband. And if you're a regular listener, you know that sometimes I'm funny. Sometimes I spin a joke or two. I might make you chuckle here and there. At least I hope I do. But with this new one, Not Another Self-Help Podcast, as you can tell from the name, we are... Kind of trying to make personal development not that serious. In 2012, she and I, sort of on a whim, remember when all those videos were going around on YouTube? You know, shit stay-at-home moms say, shit millennials say, shit all the things. So we did one called Shit Life Coaches Say. I'll put the link in the show notes because it's pretty damn funny if I say so myself. We completely did it on a whim one day while we were making videos for the self-love revolution all those years ago. And it's gotten a lot of views, and a lot of people have reached out to me over the years and said that they that their instructors showed it at their coach training, which I'm like, oh, that makes me so happy <laughs> that people can find humor and self-help because it can be heavy sometimes, right? So this is what we're trying to do with this new show. I don't want to give too much away because we're just so excited about it. The whole point of me bringing it to you is to, yes, tell you that it's coming, and we need your questions. We are recording the first season of episodes before January, and we need you to go to notanotherpod.com and submit your questions. And obviously, they're personal development questions. We really lay it all out, how to ask your questions. So if you've ever wanted advice from me, if you've ever wanted advice from really anyone, <laughs> please tell us. We, we really, really need them. We can't do the show without your questions. I suppose we could make up questions, but then that would really kind of not be, I mean, we would just be like big old phony balonies. So we want your questions. Not another pod com, And I cannot wait. Of course, it's all anonymous and all that stuff. 
I can't wait to hear your questions, to answer your questions. And yeah, sorry, wah, wah, you do have to wait until January to, <laughs> to hear the answer and the advice, but we would so appreciate your help on this new creative project that we're doing. So excited to be able to bring you answers to your cues as well as something fun and something lighthearted, something that's wrapped up in humor because we could all use a little bit of that. <laughs> All right, switching gears here to our guest today, Erin Stutland. She has been on the show before, show number 199, if I am not mistaken. Such a fantastic human being. I adore this woman so much. Every time I talk to her, I feel like a better person for having had spoken to her. Excited to introduce you to her. Let me tell you a little bit about Erin. Erin Stutland is a renowned author and mind-body wellness expert. Stetland's book, Mantras in Motion, Manifesting What You Want Through Mindful Movement, explores her approach to creating meaningful change by harnessing all the body's mental, physical, and spiritual energy through a series of stories, journaling exercises, meditations, and movement. She currently lives in Brooklyn, New York with her husband and her baby daughter, Quinn. So without further ado, here is Erin. Erin, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to talk to you again. It's always such a pleasure. Well, it's been a minute since you've been here. You were episode, it's been yeah. uh, about a hundred more, more episodes ago. And so uh, we will of course put wow. that link in the show notes when you were here before, because we talked about becoming unstuck and I am so excited because you have a book out and it's called, yeah. I, I reference your work fairly often about the work that you do. So I'm excited to have you talk more about it. And your book is called Mantras in Motion. And let's start from the very beginning. And what was the catalyst for writing the book and, and kind of give us the gist of it? What can readers expect if they pick it up? Well, going back to this theme of being unstuck, this is really what this book is for. It's it's what the book will help you do. You know, today in today's day and age, we, there are so many great, wonderful books out there, self-help books, and there's great in ideas that we all take in intellectually from reading a book or scrolling through Instagram and seeing a meme. What this book will do is help you take these concepts of confidence, courage, inspired action, allowing and accepting what is, and take them so that they're not just intellectual ideas, but so that they're deeper understandings in your body. We're going to actually take those concepts and put them into motion so that you are living and breathing those things every day. And, you know, the, the, the tagline of the book is manifesting what you want through mindful movement. And so this really is a manifesting book. This is going to help you gain the clarity that you need in any particular area of your life, but not just gain the clarity, help you create a plan of action to get there, clear out the beliefs that may be holding you back from manifesting what it is that you want, helping you understand what inspired action is and what it's not. Um, and also help you move into a state of allowing so that it comes to you easily and effortlessly. And we're going to do that using movement. There's not just movement, but we'll talk more about that. Mm -hmm. Well, you're speaking my language. So all of those words that you were talking about, about courage and confidence and acceptance. And I was like, yes, yes. With all of those <laughs> getting more and more excited. And okay. So like for people who are unfamiliar with this, what is the purpose of combining movement with mantras? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I think in this day and age in particular, because we're <clears throat> in our Western society, we're so intellectual, we're all living in our heads. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the purpose of combining them together is to help you get these ideas out of your head and into your body. And 
um, you know, we can only think one thought at a time. First and foremost, it's going to help you empower your movement. And then the mantras are going to, the movement's going to help you empower the mantras. So I think, you know, when it comes to movement, um, a lot of us have a lot of sort of internal blocks around what it means to move well. And I want to help you remove those blocks because I, I don't know when, when it changed and when it happened, that sort of fitness and movement all became about weight loss and burning calories and, and getting lots of thin sweat. Mm-hmm. and lots of sweat. Gains. Right? And, Isn't that a thing? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what I'm really most passionate about is helping people reconnect to their bodies um, and rediscover how the joy of movement and how wonderful it is to move our bodies. And one of the ways in which we do that is by using mantras that we're saying out loud so that there becomes almost a purpose to our movement that has nothing to do with transforming or changing our bodies. Though, if that is what you're after, fantastic. But it really has nothing to do with that. It has to do everything with how do we take this idea of courage and how do we get it into our bodies? And so that's why we pair the movement with the mantra. Okay. So kind of take us through, cause I'm, I'm assuming people are imagining like what this looks like. Is it some kind of interpretive dance that we're doing? And I know that there's Very some cool. people listening who might have disabilities or how, you know, I know someone who's had knee surgery and just, and mm-hmm. is on crutches. So can you kind of explain as best you can, since we're not on video, yes. like, what that might look like? Totally. So there's a lot of different ways you can do this. And this is something that I mentioned in the book that in the book, I, I do show, um, in each chapter, I show, I have these really wonderful and um, whimsical illustrations in, in each chapter with really simple movements, everything from like a simple lunge to a chair pose to, you know, maybe kind of twisting the upper body and extending the arms out. So these are things that, that most people like, you don't have to be crazy fit or you can be really fit to do it. They're, they're pretty simple so that you can open up the page and do it. However, that being said, if somebody has a disability, um, I also always create videos that you can really do the movement in your chair, even with like your arms. Um, so basically what it is, is like, let's, let's all imagine this for a moment. So you're going to, I'm I'm coming up with that on the spot to try to describe it to you. So you're going to reach your arms all the way up, all the way up, both arms, all the way up. And then just bring them right down by your side. And again, reach them all the way up and then bring them down by your side. So you're going to continue doing this motion. And then we're going to add a mantra while you're doing this motion. And we're just going to say, I am tuned in. And then you reach them up and bring them down. And we say, I am tuned in as you reach them up and bring them down. I am tuned in, right? So you start to see that, again, it's not about this you know, crazy fitness exercise. It's about motion and movement. Mm -hmm. And then you pair that movement with the mantra so that when we say I am tuned in, we start to really feel and embody. What does it mean to say I'm tuned in? I'm tuned into this moment. I step into the flow. I have all that I need and the rest I let go. So we begin to embody uh, the meaning of being tuned in, not just think it as a thought, but really become it through movement. I love this. You know what it kind of reminds me of? So when I was a child, my mom, who is so clever, 
I would struggle with certain words to spell. And I, I know that this is not like groundbreaking. Mm. I know there's a lot of people that, that their parents did this too, or their teachers do this, but I yeah. thought my mom was like a genius. And there were songs that she would sing for certain um, words that I would, that I couldn't do. And I still remember, I am almost 44 mm. years old as we're recording this. And I still sang P-L-E-A-S-E, 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 please give me a kiss. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. But that's I say a, that because that's what it reminds yes. me of. It's like it gets inside of your body and changes yes. things. Ex- and that's exactly, what makes me happy. It's, <laughs> yep. It's exactly what it is. You know, one of the, I had done recently done an interview and she told me as a, as we were talking, she said, you know, when I was young, she would have had this long walk to school and she would, on the way home from school, she would like recite all the things that she has to do, you know, and she would, and she would do it in rhythm, just like what your mom taught you. And as a result, she like never had to write down her list of things to do because she was Mm -hmm. embodying those things through rhythm and through movement. And that's exactly what this is through rhythm and through movement. We're going to repeat these mantras and say these things. So they become a part of you. And one of my favorite things is when my students, you know, they're like, they're, they just hear the mantra and they like automatically do the movement when they're standing in line at the store, when they're frustrated by something, they can instantly go to this mantra to help shift the perspective out of negativity or doubt or fear. Oh, that's so fascinating. I'm sure there's science behind it that our brains actually learn better and work better. And we know that our brains are malleable, but I'm sure I, I have a feeling mm-hmm. that like faster change happens when you do what you're talking about. Yes. Well, you know, there, there is a study that's somewhat related to this, which is they, they broke people into, they were, they were trying to figure out why, how fatigue happens. And they broke people into two groups, two cycling groups. And one of the cycling groups just did regular cycling. And the other cycling group was saying affirmations while they were cycling. Uh-huh. And did you say they they're found, trying to figure out how fatigue works? Yeah. Okay. We just want to make sure everybody's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does fatigue happen? Where does fatigue happen? Does it happen mm-hmm. in the heart in the lungs and the, in the muscles and the cells? Where does it happen? And what they found was that the people who were saying the affirmations while they were cycling were actually able to go longer. Their endurance was better. And what they really discovered is that, you know, fatigue happens in the mind first. Mm-hmm. And so it really does show you that like by staying in tune and in sync with these uh, mantras, positive affirmations, it has a great ability to transform your ability to stay present in the moment and to go the distance. Yeah. Well, you said a few magic words a few minutes ago when you talked about, you know, we live in a culture where we spend a lot of time in our heads. And I think this audience in particular, I speak every week to a group of women who are high achieving, they're driven, they want more for their lives, and they tend to be all up in their heads. And I I don't mean to generalize y'all, but I think for a lot of them, it feels a little bit foreign, the whole concept of getting into their body. Some of these women have struggle around emotions and things like that, and even just naming how they're feeling. And I, I know you talked about it a little bit previously, but can you, can you give us a little bit more about what are some ways we can get out of our head and more connected with our bodies? Yeah, I think you want to start with, you know, there's, there's different ways to do it and there's different, and it depends on sort of where you are. But I think that starting with gentle movement is always the best possible way. So even going for a walk, what I like to call a soul stroll, um, and I talk about that in the book, can be extremely powerful of just getting out of overthinking and start to move your body. I think I think what people struggle when it comes to movement and getting in tune with their body is they 
they think there's a right way. And sometimes they'll approach it. They'll go, okay, well then I should probably, maybe I got to get into my body. I got to go do a spin class, but like that's maybe that's not the appropriate movement for them, or maybe that's too much or that's too jarring. So you want to get into your body in, in a gentle, loving way. Um, and I think, you know, going for a walk is a beautiful way. I think honestly laying down on the floor and bringing your knees into your chest is a beautiful way to start moving, sitting on the floor and doing some gentle stretches. There's some great ways to get into your body and out of your head. And that's really, I think, I think that's where the magic happens quite frankly, because you can't, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it Mm -hmm. as, as the saying goes. And so in order, so how do you get into a different mindset? Well, one of the ways you do that is you, you can't get, just keep thinking about it and think that you're going to come up with a solution. And, and I write about this actually in the first chapter of the book, because I used to have a problem with obsessing, obsessing <laughs> and which I'm sure so many of you all yeah. can relate. We have some anxiety. Um, we have some anxiety women, myself yeah. included. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, there was a, a, for my whole life, I believed, I really had the belief that if I thought about it long enough, then I would come to a solution. Mm-hmm. If I obsessed about it enough, then eventually my mind would come up with a solution. And, you know, it was, it was one time after a particularly, um, ch- I, I was a, an actor before I started my business and I had an audition and it was kind of like a, it was a high stakes audition and it was for the producers of this TV show. And anyways, I left, it was, you know, sometimes you go to an audition and you just like nail it. And this was not one of those times I oh. walked out of there and I'm like, I just was, I couldn't, I wasn't in the pocket. Like I couldn't get the character. I, yeah. I felt like I wasn't connected. And I left there and I started my usual thing of obsessing obsessing about what I could have done differently, how I did it wrong, you know, again, in my head, in my head. And I was on my way to meet a friend in in the Hamptons for like a wonderful weekend. And I'm like, I don't want to spend the entire weekend feeling like crap because I didn't, you know, do what I wanted to do. And so I started sort of playing a game with myself, even just in that moment of just switching my attention to something that brought me pleasure, something that was enjoyable to think about. And I was at the time creating a new website. And so I would think about the new website, but then my obsessing mind would pull me back into wanting to think about the audition. And I said, and I would say, no, 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 no. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the website. This is to myself, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then I would, and then I would notice that I would be thinking about the website, having an internal conversation about the website and I would feel better. And then, you know, the other conversation, the obsessing would pull me back and I would feel like crap. And I was bouncing back and forth between these two channels essentially. And what I learned in that moment was like the way to feel good is to feel good. (laughs) As simple (laughs) as that sounds, you know, we think that again, that we can solve problems by staying in it, stewing in it, obsessing about it. But the way to feel good is to start to feel good. And how do you start to feel good? Well, you can start by truly changing the channel, thinking about something else that's kinder, more loving, more gentle. And then of course, moving your body that gets you out of your head, out of that obsessive thinking again, through walking, stretching, moving, whatever feels good for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I always love new tools and things like that for, for helping people get out of the funk and also just getting mm-hmm. out of your head. And I have noticed, and, and trust me, like I have been the skeptical person who, and I went, I went to college for exercise physiology. So you think that I would, I would get it, but I, I feel like I'm the exception and I'm like, well, maybe I can go a long time without exercising and see no adverse effects at all in my mm-hmm. physical and mental and emotional well-being. And I didn't work out for two years. And it's a, it's a longer story. 
But mm. now I started working out again because I had signed up for a triathlon and that's usually the thing that gets my ass in gear. And it did, but I got to a point too, where I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want my exercise motivation to be contingent on, you know, whether or not I'm publicly humiliated or not, if I do terrible at this, at this race. So right. I didn't sign up for when my friend asked me if I was going to the next year. And I'm like, I don't think so. But I recently got a Peloton bike and I've been, nice. um, writing as we're recording this, I've been writing for about five weeks now. And I will say, I find it no coincidence that around that fourth week, all of a sudden, like I felt like pregnant with, with creativity. And mm. I, I was obsessing on my third book and I'm like, okay, this is it. And I had been, I had kind of had the idea a little bit before that, but not in full fruition yet. And it just like poured out of me. And I wrote the outline in like 15 minutes. I called my agent and, I'm wow. like, I'm ready. and they were both, they were so excited. They're a married couple. And I say that because I am someone who really enjoys and is comfortable living in her head. Like, yeah, I have, I have, I bought a timeshare there. You know, like. Totally. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. We really, it's, it's a nice place to live, Yeah. but you're so right. If that's such a beautiful example, you're so right. And, and it happens to me all the time and I resist movement and I'm, you know, again, a movement professional and I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, but I don't really need to do it. Do I? And every time I go and I move, it's when I get my best ideas. It's when just clarity opens up. It's when even, even, even if it's not about creating a new idea, it's actually even about just gaining a new perspective on a, a particular situation, maybe a challenging person that's really pissing you off. I will go and exercise and I'll be like, you know what? I, you, 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 I feel a greater sense of compa- compassion even yeah. just by getting out of my own way. And so there's great power. It's why I say movement in your body creates movement in your life. And I will, I will say that I will say it over and over and over again, um, for myself and for others to hear it because I I believe it strongly. I love that. And well, that kind of brings me to the topic of resistance because it's something that we all struggle with. And, and I'm going to quote, quote your book. Cause you say something really interesting. You say, the more you become familiar with your own brand of resistance and the more you practice moving forward, despite of it, the easier it becomes to move into flow. And I know that's kind of in uh, the gist of what we were just talking about, but can you define what you mean exactly by resistance in this instance? Yeah. Resistance is just you preventing yourself from taking action and from moving forward. Mm -hmm. And we all do it. And we all have our own little brands of resistance. It comes up in different ways. So for example, one of my brands of resistance is particularly when I am moving close to doing something that makes me uncomfortable, putting myself out there, something I haven't done before, like even a speaking gig or, uh, if I'm going to do press for the book and let me, and I want to just say something, this, this, just because I know my brand of resistance, it doesn't mean it goes away. Mm -hmm. So it, it it literally comes up every time I'm about to, let's say, go and do some, do press, I'll be getting ready and I'll start to be like, why did, why did you agree to do this? This was such a, this is such a dumb idea. Why did you agree to do this? Now you have to, you have to figure out what you're going to wear. You have to do your hair and makeup. Like, and I, and, and, the thing is, is now I know that that is my brand of resistance because I'm getting close to putting myself out there oh. to moving to the next level. I know that when that like kind of pissed off, like, why'd you do this to yourself voice comes in? I'm like, Oh, here's resistance. Here it is. And 
it's just helpful to begin to recognize when and, and sort of what form your own resistance takes so that you can work with it, so that you can acknowledge it, so that you can begin to move with it. And actually the mantra that I use in the resistance chapter is the one that I touched on earlier, which is I am tuned in. I step into the flow. I have all that I need and the rest I let go. And the reason we say that is because in that moment when I'm frantically trying to get ready for press and I, and I feel like I don't have the right outfit and I'm not going to do my hair right. No, I am tuned in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to step into the flow when I show up and I do the press, like I'm just going to let it flow. I have all that I need, meaning like I know this stuff inside out. I am more prepared than I could imagine. And the rest I let go, meaning I'm not going to try to control how this, how this turns out and how this goes. And so that's why that mantra is so powerful for resistance. But the first step is really recognizing what your form of resistance is. And I have some journaling exercises in the book to help you do that. I love that. It sounds a little bit like we're kind of roundabout talking about the inner critic, really. And totally, it might depend on the different areas of your life, how your resistance and your inner critic shows up. But I, what I love so much about this is that because I've, I've been sort of batching podcast interviews. And so I've done several of them and the same, my guests are saying the same thing. And luckily it's the same thing I'm saying, because I'm not arguing with anyone, but it's the whole concept of like, the win is not that we eradicate our resistance or that we eradicate our inner critic. The win is that we recognize it very quickly when it's happening. So for you, you notice, you know, as you're getting ready for this thing, you notice your resistance, your inner critic talking to you. I, I was talking about the same thing with a few of my other guests and I love how everyone explains it just a little bit differently. Cause that means to me that like more people are, are having light bulb moments here on the other end of the microphone. And I also love that because everyone knows around here, I might've said this the last time you were on, everyone knows how I feel about positive affirmations. And I always say, Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a bully. It's my bully. It's my opinion. And Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. that they don't work all on their own. So people, Mm -hmm. you know, wake up in the morning, they go look in the mirror and they're like, I'm feeling tuned. I am tuned in. I am in flow. Yeah. And like, it's not working, yeah. but you totally. combine it with something like you're d- having people take action on it and combining yes. it with something else. And to me, that's a complete game changer. Yes. And I, I want to just acknowledge that because obviously, you know, my book is published with Hay House. Louise Hay is the mother of affirmations, right? And she's she like, is. I love her. I she's, know. she's amazing. <laughs> and she's, and she's, and she was obviously a very big proponent yeah. of getting up, looking in the mirror and saying affirmations. And let me just tell you, when I discovered her work, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I love it. And then I would like do that, get up in, in the mirror and say affirmations like, Nope, not working for me, not working for me. And, um, I think particularly for people who are intellectual, heady, think a lot, like it's the reason why it doesn't work is because you're looking in the mirror and you're saying this thing, but your body has been told a completely different story for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And so your body's like, I don't believe you. Right. I don't believe you. I call it the bullshit meter. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Totally. So it's, it's incongruous. And so there's, there's nothing that's like allowing this sort of mantra, this affirmation to sink in. What happens when you're moving is that something, you know, as you know, this, as you move, things begin to open, like your heart opens, your cells Mm -hmm, open, you're mm -hmm. breathing differently. And it's almost like a gentle whisper as you're saying these affirmations. And I want to just say this, I have people who will come to me and they'll do the work and they'll say, I didn't, I don't, I don't believe it yet. And I say, I totally get that try approaching it a little differently. So, you know, so for some people, they will say it out loud for other people, they will whisper it for other people. They will just think it. 
sometimes you have to move your body in a different way. Like if you're someone who has to move really sweetly and, and softly and gently, like you might want to say it while you're moving sweetly and softly and gently. If you're someone who like needs a lot of high energy, you might mm-hmm. want to say it that way, but it, it's not just standing in the mirror and hoping that your body connects to your mind. It's not that it's actually opening up the body, opening up the mind and then planting a seed while you're through movement. Yeah. I, I'm sure you're familiar with her work. Uh, the work of Amy Cuddy about body mm-hmm. language. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to exactly. pop that link in the show notes of her yeah. TED talk for everyone yeah. because mm-hmm. she she's a social psychologist and she's studied body language. And obviously what usually when people are talking about body language, they're talking about someone's body language and how others are perceiving it. But her mm-hmm. research is about our body language and how we see ourselves. And Correct. a couple of things that stood out in the research that she talks about is the Wonder Woman pose, which obviously yep. is my one of my favorites, is that, you know, mm-hmm. that the um, feet apart, hands on hips. And then also, doesn't she do one like where you're leaning back in the chair, like with your legs up on the desk or something for confidence? I think she does. Yeah, yeah. I think she does. Mm-hmm. And my, my point is, is what you've been talking about is that when you move your body a certain way, it can actually change how you feel about yourself. So I don't know. Correct. Science. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's science, you know. And um, for people who like science, there is science out there. And for others who want to just feel into it and, and experience it, then, you know, obviously that there's that. But that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, our bodies have so much information and our bodies influence how we think, you know, even just how you walk. It's just such a difference if you're kind of like slumped over then if you're like sitting up nice and tall, you feel something different. Even if you smile with your lips and you're not even feeling happy, you're, if you hold that smile, it might feel ridiculous, but it's going to start to send a message to your body, even just a subtle one. And so imagine moving your body, getting all of these experiences of this opening. And then also, like I said, planting that seed, that thought, that very specific thought affirmation, um, is really powerful. Mm -hmm. So much, so much. And the book is called Mantras in Motion, Manifesting What You Want Through Mindful Movement. And you can get it at bookstores on Amazon, on your website, and you're at erinstetland.com, correct? Yes. And if you order the book, I'll just say, go come back to erinstetland.com forward slash book and um, make sure you enter your information because there's some really great bonuses that you get once you buy the book. Um, and so just make sure you come back to erinstilton.com. There's also on the book page, erinstilton.com forward slash book, there is a free uh, movement video. So you can oh, nice. click on that and you can get a free movement video that it's one of the chapters from the book. We made some videos to go along with the chapters of the book. So once you buy the book, you'll you'll get a link to, to do some of those videos that you can... Because, you know, sometimes just looking at the pictures, it's very clear, but it's also nice to have a video with you. So we made those for you. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your time with us. This has been such a pleasure to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to talk to you. And as kickers, as always, I'm so incredibly grateful that you choose to spend your time with me every week and my guests. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.